Hi, I'm Jackie. Welcome to the Sometimes Bright and Shiny podcast, a podcast about regular people and their irregular journeys. We believe crazy, interesting stuff happens to all of us. And the people you'll meet here are your neighbors, your co-workers, and the person you just passed on the street. Each episode explores the highs, the lows, the intense, and the mundane, and all of the journeys in between. Hopefully you will laugh and cry and appreciate the sometimes bright and shiny moments in all of our lives. So I'm Jackie, and we're here today with LD and Elsie, LS. Elsie, <laughs> I want to call her Elsie. I'll probably call you Elsie for the, I'm just going with Elsie. Like Elsie frosted is fine. Or Frosty or Frosty. Frozen? Frozen, right. <laughs> I guess I just wanted to kind of learn. I think the two of you have different um, parallels in your life, right? You probably got to where you are now. You're both adults working in kind of the corporate world, but you probably got here different ways. Is mm-hmm. that fair to say? Yes. So who wants to tell me about their kind of general, where they grew up kind of generally? You can go first, Elsie. <laughs> um, sure. So, okay. Let's see. I was born in Venezuela. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. My mom is from Bolivia and my dad is from Jamaica. So it's like a very, very mixed family, right? Um, I grew up, though, in Venezuela for the younger part of my life. I was there until I was like eight, and then I came to the States. Wow. But I can remember, you know, my life being in Venezuela all those years and just growing up in that environment and how fun it was, right? Mm. So I went from being into in this world where it was like, Everything was just fun, fun, fun. And then it was like, okay, you're taking me away from this. And mm. I'm going somewhere where I don't know the language. I don't know the people who I'm going to be with. And when I say that, I say that because I grew up most, most of my life, I grew up with my mom. I knew I had a dad, but he was never really around because mm. he worked for um, a shipping company. So he traveled a lot, but he spent most of his times in Jamaica or he was on a boat on a ship somewhere, right? And the only time I really saw him was Christmas time. But as a young kid, you don't really remember that. Because it's like, you know, you're young and all you know is like, okay, I got a dad and he travels and he sends me stuff. Oh. But I don't really see him that much. So did you have extended family there or was It was your... just me and my mom and my sister. Really? Yes. And are you older or younger? Older. Five years. Wow. Yep. So little sister. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it was it was it was difficult growing up, right? Because I didn't have my dad around and my mom basically was like a single mom. But she wasn't a single mom because she was married, but her husband just wasn't around. Like he just worked and provided for us. And it was just me, my mom, and my sister. So there was a point in my mom's life where the marriage wasn't that great for her mm-hmm. and then she started you know finding out different things about the man who she was married to and um, it was like at some point and I learned this now at an older age like I learned this probably when I was 30 is when I got the real story and I learned that my dad was married to her but he was also married to another woman like I said, like my story, I can get what deeper age were into you, it. What age were you when you became aware of that? So I was probably like four going on five. 
It's a little. Yes. And my mom was pregnant. So that's when I started. Like, I can remember my life probably from when I was like three. Wow. I can remember everything like vividly. I could see it in my head. I can, I can remember moments and things that happen. And now that I'm older and I hear my mom have these stories, I'm like, oh, that's why that happened. Mm. I remember that moment. Um, but he was like never around. And then she found out that he was married to someone else. Wow. And I remember one day we, she just had my sister. She probably was like a few months old and we drove to this house and I was like, well, mom, why are we sitting in the car just looking at this house? Right. And we're sitting in the car and she's like, go ahead, just go to sleep. I'll wake you up if I need to wake you up. So all of a sudden it's daylight. We're in the car and wow, she walks up to the car with me and my, like the house with me and my sister and we're looking through the window and my dad was in the house with this woman. In Venezuela. Yes. And then when we found out that was his other wife, it's wow. so weird. Like, I'm like, is that even legal? <laughs> right? Like, can no, you it, really well, be married to two people at the no, same time? No. Think you can, but I mean, it but says my a lot mom about and my dad got married in Bolivia. No, they got yes in Bolivia. Oh, so who knows? Right. So that's why, like, the older I get, I think about stuff like that. When people are like, "Oh, you can't be married to two people at the same time," I'm like, "Well, how <laughs> would you know if it's two different countries, right?" You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. But it kind of says something about your mother that she waited out there. Yeah, until exactly. daylight. So what happened? So she confronted him, and he like didn't even acknowledge her. Do you remember, do you have a, a vivid memory of this actual Yes, it was happening? just like, what are you doing here? Go home. Oh, wow. Right? And then I think that that moment made me realize that if you don't stand up for yourself, right, whether it's in a relationship or anything like that, people will walk all over you. Wow. And I think that's what my life has always been based on just seeing my mom and the things she like took in that relationship. I vowed that I would never ever be that way. And my mom literally took a lot. Like, you know, he was very abusive to my mom. Is this after that confrontation? Yes. So their, their relationship continued after that confrontation. Yes. My mom didn't leave my father because she wanted to. My mom left him because I told her to. And what age was that? 14. So we, had you moved at that point? So we were here. But even here, it was just like, I kept finding out things. You know, and my mom, she didn't know much English. Mm. I was learning English fast. Then I'm here and I'm like, I see a woman come to the house. And I'm hearing the conversations. And then I go to my mom and I'm like, in Spanish, I say to her, I'm like, did you understand anything they just talked about? And she's like, no, I said, that's his daughter. Wow. Right. So, so take me back to when you realized you were coming to the U S. So do you know why? Do you remember why you were my mom? So if you, you know, the way it was, and I think it's still this with a lot of people in this world, they feel like America is this, country that is like an amazing country mm -hmm. great opportunity for people you come here and it's like the best thing in the world right and that's what that was for her that's what she wanted 
she wanted her daughters to be in a country that can give them the best opportunity. Yeah. And for her, it was like, if he's going to get us there, then that's great. I will stick it out to make sure he gets us there. Right. And she loved him. It's not that she didn't love him, but I think as a woman, you get to a point where it's like enough is enough, but you don't know how to say you don't want to be in that situation when you have children. And I think she stuck around because of me and my sister. Did he come with you when you all moved here? He was already here. Oh, so he was fast-tracking himself. I mean, he, he was, was already here. And then she followed and then we with came. the kids. Correct. We came after that. And were you all living together? Yep. As a family. So when we came here, like, at eight, this is the first time I'm living with my father. So it's, like, a weird situation because it's, like, I've never lived with you now you want to be this man of authority. Like, I don't care what you have to say, really. You and you've know? already had that confrontation. Yeah, like I already, you already just have that. knowing. So you think about it. As a young child, seeing how your father treats your mother, and he's never around that often, and then you come here to live with him, and now it's like we have to live with you and go by your rules and... I'm not wow. used to that, you know? And did you feel like you had an ally in the house because you had a little sister? Or was the age difference too broad at that point? Too broad. Because she's she's five years younger than me. So if I'm here at eight, she's only three. So she was a real little, yeah. little baby. So she did not experience anything that I experienced Isn't that at interesting? all. Interesting. Same family, totally different experiences. Correct. So to her, like, she only learned of these things. I was 30, so she was 25. Because my mom... You know, after she separated and filed for divorce, she moved on. She got remarried. She has a son with her husband. They've been together for over 30 years. Really? Now, did you ever live with them as a yes. family? Yes. Uh, Until you were young adult? So I lived with them for a short period of time because we all lived in New York, but then they decided to move to Florida because... My brother was born with a heart problem mm. and the weather in New York wasn't good enough for him. Like it, it always kept him sick. Oh, so wow. they had to move because of that. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so that's how you got here. Yes. Basically. Yeah. So when you came here, you were eight, eight when you got to the U S mm -hmm. and where did you go to school? Where did you end up going to high school? So we moved to Brooklyn. That's where I spent most of my time. Mm -hmm. We lived in Brooklyn. Um, I went to elementary school, junior high school, and high school in Brooklyn. And were you, would you say, so were you kind of around other immigrants, families, other, other kind no, of? No, because we didn't have any family, really. It was just me and my mom and my sister. We didn't know anyone. He had, like, moving here, we learned about all the kids that he had. So now I know I have other siblings. But I don't know them very well. Right. Like, I didn't, even from eight, so probably when my grandmother died, which is his mom, is mm -hmm. when me and my siblings started building that relationship. I was wow. 29. So it's like, you know, to think about how big of a family I have and I've always had, but I didn't know anyone. And now I'm building these relationships. Like I've always been about family because my mom's family is huge and I've known them forever. And do they live here now? They've No, my mom's family is still in Bolivia. In Bolivia, right. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right, so take me up through high school, like the end of your high school time. So I never graduated from high school. 
I think for me, and this is why I say to people, like, I don't blame my parents because they say, oh, you know, it's not good for kids when parents get divorced because it puts them in, you know, a situation where they're star rebelling. You have your own choices. You make your own choices. For me, it was more like, I didn't like the situation. I hate how you treated my mom. You took her to court to get custody and you only did that because you wanted to be spiteful. So I'm going to be spiteful and I'm going to say, fuck you. And I'm leaving. So I left at 16. I moved out of my house, my dad's house at 16. And I started taking care of myself and living on my own at 16. Really? So that was in Brooklyn? Yeah. So you, your high school began and ended in Brooklyn? Yes. So where did you go at 16? Um, I, so I found a family member that I didn't even know I had. And me and her became really <clears throat> good friends. And we got an apartment together. So now I'm 16, I have an apartment, I lived in the projects. Was she, how old was she? Same age, we're both the same age. Two 16 year olds yep. living in a pro- the projects yep. in an apartment together. Yep, and then I went and I, um, I got a job. I started working for a black limo company in Manhattan. They cater to a lot of um, music companies like Sony Music, Def Jam. Really? Yeah. So. I worked for that company for about two years. And then there was another bigger company that was doing black limousines. And I was like, well, I'm going to go there since I have the experience. And then I worked there for about maybe six years. Doing what? Same thing. Taking reservations Mm -hmm. for, you know. Office work type of stuff. Yep. And we dealt a lot. So it was, uh, you know, for these artists, you can't really talk about it because they are trying to be in secret of everything they do so it was fun for me because i got i was able to meet like artists any music that was released early and you were 16 or 17 yeah literally that's mm-hmm. amazing and i was making good money at that age wow like this is what i'm gonna say maybe 95 96 wow. and i'm making about 500 dollars a week wow. that's great for so me. you could pay your rent you could pay you like you were okay yeah you were okay yeah Okay, let's stop with you at 16, because part of the podcast that I think is interesting is kind of the difference, right? The different paths that get us to Mm -hmm. places, because um, uh, that is an amazing story. I can't believe you left at 16 and were able to, I can't believe you were even able to get an apartment. That's Uh, that's amazing. Or to find a relative that you could like you you'll be surprised like literally living in new york and 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 i think about that now with my daughter right because i'm like oh my god like you're really sheltered i remember walking the streets of new york at two three o'clock in the morning by myself just chilling as a as a young teenager like a like a 13 year old like a even yeah like when i was a in junior high school, I used to be outside late at night hanging out with my friends, like in the streets of New York, just hanging out. So I grew up in a town called Cornwall on Hudson, which is up by West Point, which is like probably 40 miles or something mm-hmm. north of where you were. And I always wonder what people like you were doing. I was like, they're having so much more fun than we are. <laughs> we are. We're sitting in the parking lot of the local police department trying to drink little Budweiser nips like before anybody could catch us. And we had to be home by like 1030 mm-hmm. and, you know, or God forbid. So we were late. for me, it was, and I always joke around and I always say to my daughter, I'm like, get off your phone, stop watching TV, go outside and play. 
because that's what I did. Yeah. Even coming, so it's weird, right? Because I came from a, a place where we played outside, played in the dirt, couldn't wait for the rain to, to come so that it's muddy and we're playing in the muddy rain. <laughs> and then you come here and it's like, really? What are you guys doing? You don't have any fun. <laughs> so you have this skinny little girl climbing trees in the city of New York. People are looking at me like, really? Where are you from? Like, who does that? You went from the concrete jungle to, or from Venezuela to the concrete jungle. Right. And it's wow. like, I'm like, yeah, let's climb this tree. Let's do this. And let's ride bikes and do this and that. And everybody's like, oh, we don't do that kind of stuff. But that's kind of who you are. I mean, that's, that's kind of your right DNA in a way that, that, um, I mean, I think that probably speaks to where you are now, mm -hmm. right? Whatever that kind oh, of yeah. intangible thing is. Okay, so that's what you were doing at 16. Mm -hmm. So LD, LD. <laughs> so tell me, basic, just very general or however you feel like, a little bit of a kind of a, paint a picture for me of what your life was like up until 16. Well, it's ironic that um, we wanted to talk about the contrast because there is contrast, but in listening to uh, my counterpart talk here, there's a lot of similarities too in how we grew up and our stories with our families. Um, but I was always born and raised in Connecticut. I mm -hmm. lived here my entire life. Um, I grew up in Hartford. We lived in a three-family house in the south end of Hartford. Um, my grandfather owned it, so he lived on the first floor and we were on the second floor. Um, but as a, as a kid, I lived with my mom and dad and two brothers who are both older than me. But similar um, story is that, you know, my dad um, was also very abusive towards my mom mm -hmm. and they had, uh, you know, not a good marriage. And um, up until I was six years old, I remember living with him and just all the bad that went along with that, you know, because their relationship was so volatile. Mm. Um, and he was very abusive towards my brothers and, and towards my mother specifically. And even towards me at times, I remember just little things, um, times when he was yelling at me and I was so young that I was in a crib. I, I can vividly remember that, you wow, know, really? or in a high chair. Yeah. And it's funny how those memories stick with you. And similar, um, he was also cheating on my mother. And my mother had uh, an idea that that was happening. And there was a day when I was about six years old and my dad said he was going out fishing and my mom said, you know what, I think I'm going to take the kids to the beach today. And all of a sudden he was really on edge and he was like, why are you going to take the kids to the beach? And she's like, I don't know. I just feel like it. You're not going to be home. Why don't I take the kids out to the beach? And he was just adamant that she not go to the beach. It wasn't a good day to go. You should just stay home. There's things that we need to get done, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I'm going fishing. So sure enough, my mom packed the kids up in the car and went to the beach because she was pretty positive she was going to find him there, you know. And I, I oh, look back at that now. I didn't wow. see that coming. Sorry. I was totally thinking he's fishing. Okay. <laughs> so, he's not fishing. He's not fishing. Oh. Yeah, he was fishing, but not fishing. Right <laughs> oh, boy. So we ended up at the beach. And looking back now, I, I remember it all. And I get why my mom wanted to go. Um, but back then, you know, I didn't really understand. And so we were sitting on the sand. And my mom said to us, come on, guys, we're going to go for a walk on the beach. And we were like, Mom, what do you mean? We're playing in the sand. We're playing in the water. Why do we have to go for a walk on the beach? So she takes us for a walk, and we walk down for a while. And then all of a sudden, there's my dad, and he's sitting on a blanket, you know, with another woman. And I remember her telling us, stand down here. And we stayed by the water, and she went up, and they got into a big fight. 
and she took off her wedding ring and she flung it at him and then we walked back down the be- the beach and she took the kids home so you were sixish at this time yeah just about six so you were, you crazy. remember walking down that beach mm-hmm. not knowing why you were taking a beach walk yep and seeing your dad yep sitting with another woman on a blanket mhm and that's the woman wow. he was with until the day he died <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Uh, not my daddy. <laughs> wow. So I know you you had mentioned that your dad had just passed away. Yep. A couple of years ago. And so what, so after that day, what happened? Um, so my mom um, filed for divorce. She stuck it out for as long as she did with the abuse and everything for the kids. But that's what put her over the edge. She was willing to put up with all of that. But when she got to the point where she found out he was cheating, that, that was it. She was done. So she filed for divorce, um, and actually similar uh, story is that he was fighting for custody just out of spite. My mom, you know, we we didn't have a lot of money. My mom was a single mom with three kids, and she was trying to take care of us. And the apartment we were in only had two bedrooms. So she had a bedroom, and then all three kids were sharing one bedroom. And so he was trying to tell the court that the place we were living wasn't fit for us um, and really battling. And so they came, and they inspected the house and everything, and the guy that came from the court actually told my mom, you know, this isn't shocking. People do this all the time. Um, ultimately, my mom ended up winning that battle and she had custody. Mm. And then for several years, you know, we would go and visit him and everything, but we never wanted to back then because it was never fun for us. We always just knew dad was always on edge. So one thing I didn't mention is that my dad um, was a Vietnam vet and he had serious PTSD. And I think that spurred a lot of the abuse, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it was always one of those things where you were on edge and you were afraid to set him off because once he went off, like that was it. He was he was done, mm. and you didn't want to so be. So what around does that mean when you time. say he went off? What was it like living in your house? What 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 was that really like? So you didn't want to get dad mad because once he got mad, things were being thrown, people were being hit. Um, it was just miserable. I have one of the most vivid memories I have is when we were living in that three family, um, in our kitchen, there was a window that overlooked the driveway. And there was one day where mom and dad got into a fight. And so dad took off and he was backing out of the driveway and my mom grabbed a carton of eggs and opened the kitchen window and she dumped it down on his car. And next thing you knew, he, you know, slammed the car, slammed the brakes, ran up the stairs and he broke down our kitchen door and he threw my mom to the floor and he just, beat on her and I remember being a kid watching that and just screaming like stop hitting my mom you know because it was that bad so you just you didn't want to set him off so it was really it's not just I think crazy I have the same story it's funny because between you and I I think we have very different stories about where we grew up and things we did but we have also very similar family stories Mm -hmm. because I Literally, I think the moment where I knew I could never look at that man the same way is when I watched him beat my mother with a shovel Wow! while she was pregnant. Mm. But similar to your story, it's funny because watching my mom go through that and then watching her leave, I always grew up with that sense of being totally fine with if I ended up alone, I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who jump relationship to relationship because they don't want to be alone and I was always totally comfortable with the fact that if I didn't meet the right person I was okay with that and I could survive and I could be fine because once she left she raised three kids on her own on one salary looking back now I I can't figure out how she did that but she did you know and she was very independent 
and I grew up very independent and learning how to do things for myself and fix things and, you know, all of that, just with her as a role model. See, but I think for me, watching, I don't think it was more of watching. So my mom, she stayed for a long time. And I think it was because she truly loved this man because, you know, she took a lot. And it wasn't just for the kids. She loved this man. She married him, you know, young and had children with him, followed him wherever he was going to go. And then to know that that wasn't what she thought it was going to be, she still wanted to stick it out and see how she can change it, what she can do to make it better, right? But for me, seeing that, the only thing I can say I, I didn't take from that is looking for that love. Because I feel like my mom lost her way of being affectionate because of all the pain that she suffered in her relationship. So she wasn't affectionate with her children. So say it again. Say it again because it's having an impact on you, right? Yeah. So so can you say that again? Because I didn't... I want to hear it again. For me, the difference was... Because you said you didn't you you're okay with not being in a relationship you know like if you're alone you're okay for me it was different i want i was looking for that love so i've you know growing up i've been in different relationships and i allowed things in my relationships to happen because i think i didn't have that love growing up because my mom lost her way during that relationship and didn't know how to be affectionate she didn't know how to be affectionate with her kids she didn't know how to be affectionate, period. So I didn't have a mom who said, I love you, or kiss me goodnight. I didn't have a dad, period, to say that to me. So it was like, I looked for that. But even though I looked for that in my relationships, one of the things I always said is, I will never allow someone to put their hands on me. Never. I'll be a sucker for love, but I will not allow anyone to put their hands on me. But it's the wrong thing to do, period. Because if you're growing up in life looking for the acceptance or the love from someone who doesn't deserve you, right? You're putting yourself in these situations constantly over and over and over again. And not until I got older, it was like, now I get it. Now I understand why I was always so easily to fall in love with people because mm -hmm. I didn't have that growing up. So I wanted that it was a constant search for me. Mm -hmm. And then once I had my daughter, it was like, I don't need anybody to love me. Like I have to sometimes be like, can you stop kissing me? Like, okay, stop. But and, and are, are you, do you find that you are more affectionate with your daughter than yes. your mother was with you? Yes, I am. And I, and I think that for me, it was a struggle at the beginning because I didn't grow up with that, but I constantly, I even say it to her. Like if I'm not affectionate with you, the way you want me to be, force me. Don't just like be like, okay, well, mommy doesn't want it. Like you have to force it in me. And it's not that I don't have the kind, because I tell her all the time, like I didn't grow up how you're growing up. This is what my life was. You know, I, I didn't have all the things that you have. My mom didn't, she, she didn't have it to give it to me, but I'm giving that to you because I want you to never go out in this world and do things that you shouldn't do for them. Right. And then I also tell her, like, I'm not always as affectionate as I should be, 
and I try because I want to be different. I want to give you something different. But if you ever feel that I'm not being as affectionate as you want me to be, you have to force me because that's the only way I'm going to learn. Mm -hmm. And I don't never want you to feel that I don't want to. It's just that I didn't grow up with that. Wow. So that's pretty open of you to ask for that kind of, um, I think, I mean, that's one of the things that's always so hard for me is to like, like I really, um, people have always, you know, said, oh, you should do blah, blah, blah. It's just constructive criticism. And I just don't appreciate it. <laughs> I, I just don't like constructive criticism. I don't believe in it. So it's always hard for me to kind of, even if I know a weakness or, um, it's just not easy for me to always do that. So I give you uh, so much credit to be able to say to your daughter, right? Because that's the most important relationship that yeah, there is, is to be able to, and be both that vulnerable with your child to mm -hmm. say, you know, you're going to have to kind of tell me what you need here a little bit. Yeah. I think we're going to call that part one and we're going to end it here. I really wanted to thank Eldie and Elsie for sharing their stories with us. It's been a real pleasure and a real opportunity to learn about other people's history and I think it takes guts anytime you're going to share something like that with people. So this is going to be part one. Part two is going to be coming up. We hope you join us. I'm going to share also what I've learned from these uh, amazing women and look forward to it. Thanks for joining us at the Sometimes Bright and Shiny podcast. Make sure to like us on Facebook where you will find more information and important resources related to this episode. Have a story you'd like to share? Drop us an email at the sometimes bright and shiny at gmail.com. See you next time.